Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love. I'm Cherry Garcia. I'll be your co-host tonight. It's Thursday, March 9th, 2017. And it's time for Mike on the Mic with our host and Survivor Superfan, Mike Albright. He's currently met 468 Survivor alumni, which is more than any other Superfan on the planet. And the really cool thing is they all love him because, well, he's just a really super nice guy. Tonight, he'll be recapping the awesome premiere episode of Survivor Game Changers, the 34th season and the 500th episode of Survivor. Fans are always encouraged to participate in our shows, so if you have a question or a comment, call in and chat with Mike at 1-347-237-5506. Once you are on our switchboard, please do remember to press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us in the conversation on air and you're not just listening to Mike and the Mike from our switchboard. Now let's bring up our host and get Survivor Game Changers started. Here we go. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is Survivor.
super fan, Mike. Mike, you're up. Hi, Mike. Welcome back for another season. Hey, Sherry. I'm glad to be back, and it's a lot of exciting things have gone on since we've uh, talked on a on a mic on the mic. So it's been an amazing few months, just like my past two years. It's all been amazing, and some cool updates for sure. And an amazing episode of Survivor last night. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be an incredible season. I mean, it has to be. Look at the cast. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a it's an amazing amazing group of people and I um you know hearing the name Game Changers and seeing some of the some of the people that were picked I was like yeah I'm not sure about a couple of these people but I think everyone last night that they at least interviewed and showed they all really brought and it was some great dynamics between all the people that are back so I, I was I was I knew there'd be some fireworks and goodness there sure were some fireworks from a lot these alumni have issues and then it's neat seeing the different seasons like you know who is on this season who is that like heroes versus villains versus uh micronesia versus uh, you know other installments cambodia Korong, and some of these recent seasons there's just a lot of people and a lot of dynamics between them and who's a threat and to be perfectly frank two episodes went down and sandra's tribe went to both tribal councils and uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but we do only have an hour, and the premiere's going to be the most, one of the most exciting episodes till the end. I'm, I'm frankly shocked and amazed that Sandra outlasted other players in two votes, and she won the game twice. Like, can you, did you believe that the first hour, and did you believe it the second hour? No, she would have been, you know, who I was gunning for first. You know, get her out. She's, yep. she's got to go first. She's won twice. Get her out. She, and then we'll uh, start and she's the game. A, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that get had to these, be first order of business. Yeah, like in All-Stars approach, the first, uh, the targets very quickly were, or at least the target in All-Stars, the closer, closest season to this, you know, Tina, they went for Tina first, and then wasn't the same uh, when they when Heroes versus Villains. It was a little different that time. It wasn't a winner that got the axe first, but just just it's interesting the the group dynamics. And one of my goals since we talked last, I don't I think we had a one last show after the finale, if I remember correctly. I, I think we did. Was my favorite thing from last finale. One of them was getting to talk to Sandra, who had defriended me for three or four years yes. and she finally refriended me and the queen she was always the queen but i got in the head of the queen and she won survivor twice she survived two tribal councils and it, depending on what happens i think sandra could go really far and it, i'm just sh- shocked and amazed and i'm I, what i'm more shocked and amazed about though was well like two seconds in once you know we'll cover the the marooning which was pretty standard way to maroon the Sandra's tribe, they get on the beach, and the, I I could not believe that uh, on the Mana tribe, Tony, the first thing he does is start screaming like a llama, and like, I'm going to go find some idols, and he just goes and sprints off into the woods, and I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, Tony Tony was an amazing player and dominated Kagayan, 
and that was a season with brains, beauties, and brawn. But I think we've got 20 brains here, and there's some good-looking people. There's some strong people, but there's that kind of stuff wasn't going to work, and he he paid the price. And uh, you know uh, his his bag of tricks is sitting in uh, Ponderosa right now, and I, he. I was neat. What do you think of some of Tony's strategy there with just being so Tony so fast? Were, were you expecting that? Did it surprise you any? Or? I, not really. I mean, Tony was pulling this stuff before he even got out to the island. He was doing this stuff on Twitter, on Facebook, before he even left. Yeah. He was uh, too in too much in people's faces, and you know you ride around on like uh, like Big Tom said to Lex in Africa. If you're riding around on the white horse, and people are gonna shoot at you, so oh uh, old Tony got shot at. But even before we got to Tony's boot, which uh, an interesting vote breakdown there. We got all this different things going on, and you know they they voted out the person the first episode. They come back and. You know, Tony brokers his big deal with the other threats, and then he, uh, instead of making a spy shack, he was he was going subterranean this season and digging into the <laughs> into the sand to make a uh, what do they call it a spy spy trench or you know he's digging trying to hide out there and just a, a, a low key conversation between Troy Zan and Sandra that didn't even involve Sandra talking about Tony. And then he he totally freaks out he and then freaks out. Yeah, and goes right right at Sandra. And the the one player that you don't go right against. There's some notorious villains that have played Survivor, and anyone has a list. But if you're going to make a list of villainous people who've done terrible things, I think the first two names you have to start with are Johnny Fairplay and Russell Hance. And Sandra went right at him. And prevailed against both of them. So I just I don't I don't know what he thought confronting Sandra was going to do. I don't think the confrontation made any sense, especially with who he was talking to. So I was like, oh god. Sandra says he looked at me and straightened my eyes like the popo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we've got one officer down, and there's one officer left, and we'll. We'll see, and I think I've never seen just the banter of somebody getting voted out like that. It's you know, there's some interesting things, but that the banter between Tony and Sandra, and I didn't. I normally take like five to six pages of notes per episode, but I was at a viewing party, so I don't have notes. So I'm basically looking at this collage of all the past cast members I've met. Shockingly, I didn't have a digital picture with JT, but I've I've met him, so I'm kind of bouncing bouncing around a little bit, but. With that vote, did you find it interesting that Aubrey was the throwaway vote, but then Sandra in some super stealth brainiac move? I don't know why. I I, I think he she figured out who Tony was going to vote for, but I found it strange if he had had an idol. Maybe she was trying to force some force Aubrey out, maybe. But why do you think Tony and Sandra voted for Aubrey? Do you have any feelings on I that or know. ideas? I don't know. I don't know. I was afraid Michaela was going to go there for a short while. 
You know, yeah. I, I love Michaela. Michaela, I think she's just awesome, and I want I want to see her compete out here again. You know, I really mm-hmm. think she is so cool, and I didn't want her to go first or even you know second. I I was just so concerned about her. And when they started throwing her name out, I was just like, no, this can't be happening. And when they told her that they were going to use her name, you know, just to to say that they were going to tell um, – uh, oh, no, I need my, my cheat sheet up here um, – Oh, they were telling Sierra what was going to happen, and they just Sierra. Said they vote yeah, yeah, they were going to tell Sierra that they were going to vote for um, her. I I couldn't believe the way she reacted. She really got upset. Yeah, and that's the side of Michaela that would... I don't like. Is that kind of the the reactionary side to that, though? And I think it's because I don't think she's been in those types of situations much in her life, you know? Yeah. And so she doesn't really, she's never had to react to them. She's never really been placed in those situations before. So I kind of understand, but she needs to learn how to do that and and keep her head and, and... be calm in that kind of situation. Yeah. And I think she's she's too strong and too reactionary, and that could I think that could hurt Michaela down the way. She, that's what got her in her her season was she was just too she was too strong and too smart and didn't handle. I think her social skills. She's too strategic socially. She has something lacking there, and then she's just a huge threat in the challenges. So she changed the game, but she's got to be careful, or she could be. Out of there. Yeah, I hope I hope she can turn things around. I really do. I hope she can make it, you know, through to the merge. And uh, she plays her best game as an individual. Yep. So if she gets to get to the, if she can make it past the team tribe portion, I think she could be a. She could be a force to be reckoned with. And I think she she was a game changer. Uh, that was a big thing I've seen in some of the post-interviews. You know, Sierra straight up called out some people who she didn't think game changers were in some of my some of the other uh, post, post-show post interviews I've seen, which I found interesting. Do you have uh, – looking at this cast, there's, there's some great names, but there's some uh, head scratchers a little bit. I think it's kind of a – oh, some people didn't make it to Cambodia – Maybe we'll, uh, I think there was maybe some people that got to come along to this adventure. When I, when I, when, you know, when I look at some of these names, I'm like, you know, what did they really do to change the game per se? I think it's an interesting name and some people here definitely were game changers. But when you look at the list or anyone to you that was like, I don't really think this person is a game changer. Cause I've got a couple if you don't, but. Go ahead. Uh, well, when when you just look at it on paper, I think 
Two of the bigger glaring ones for me are from the same season from Worlds Apart. And uh, if I'd love to see if someone, if you're listening, please call in and tell me, you know, the, the big game-changing move that Haley and Sierra made in Worlds Apart. If somebody could call in, I, I'm, I'm double-dog daring you with sugar on top, not sugar <laughs> from Survivor. I, but call, I can see call that. Call in and prove it's wrong. I, yeah, prove me wrong. And then uh, Brad Culpepper, like. Brad Culpepper. He, I can see his wife. Monica being a game changer, but I don't see Monica. Culpepper, just saying the name Culpepper, sure, Monica, of course, but Brad, he was at times. I can see Monica, and they're much more than Brad. Now, he said he was thinking about what would Monica do. He was thinking WWMD, you know, but I don't see Monica in there, you know. Uh, She's she's a head-scratcher for me, or he's a head-scratcher for me, because I think when you can be liked less than, John Rocker and a season with John Rocker at some points in this season, then that speaks volumes. But I do agree with you, Sherry, in a hundred percent that I think he's one of the ones that definitely came in with a whole different approach. Like Tony came in being Tony. Stephen Fishback was equating it to coach and heroes versus villains. Like it was like Tony thought he had to, you know, it was like an infomercial for what a Tony could be. That's what it felt like to me. It was like Tony, 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 running around, jumping around, digging holes. And that just, you can't play like, you can't play that manic again. And I was at our, uh, I was at a viewing party at Matt Bischoff's house and it featured Roger Bingham from Survivor Australia, Marcus Lehman from uh, Survivor Gabon, uh, Matt Sash uh, Linehan from Nicaragua, and the surprise guest from down in Kentucky, she made a three-hour drive, was Jeffra, And she was talking about that's how Tony was in Cagayan. He was always on going around doing that sort of stuff. And in a normal season, you could get a character like that that's successful. But when these are all, you know, the Survivor's type A personalities, I don't know what to call this cast, they're, but they're all huge presence, and they're not going to let – someone a showboat like that, but run around and get, you know, load up on idols to destroy him. So I just, I found his, his uh, interactions very, very intriguing to me. Well, they're all survivor experience for one. And they're certainly not, I mean, Troyzan was just looking at him like, what are you what doing? And are that's the guy doing? that screamed yeah. for his season. This is my island, and I don't think Troy Zan's going to yell anything like that this time around. He's of not going to. Of course not. Yeah, because this isn't his island, and he's smart. And I think what Troy Zan's been conveying, because I was uh, one of the people at Matt's party, was John Vitea, who acts as our Jeff Propes at our Survivor Simulation in Bob Crowley's Woods in Maine. Troy Zan played our third season and got really deep into the game, and he said it was instrumental in helping him be prepared for going back on to Survivor five years later. He said it was one of the key things that made him successful, and Troy Zan, I think, made one of the biggest 180s from of anybody. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people that kind of came in with a whole different perspective. I, I think some of the people I think that didn't do that – was, uh, you know, Sierra came in guns blazing, too. I thought Ty immediately, like, being the protector of the chickens, I think from, I've got some insider information that I won't elaborate on, but there's going to be some animal situations this season 
that is going to make, you know, Ty's protection of the chicken a whole other thing. So, you know, Ty is bringing his same game, and just some people are just bringing the same old, bringing their same old behavior. Like, you know, Suri versus Ozzy, that, that's really old, old, you know, fight there. And then how does that pan into that? And then Suri and Sandra, you know, also battled it out together in uh, Heroes versus Villains. And, you know, Suri was such a target that time. I think if her tribe goes, she could be a, a target unless she can, you know, mount the numbers. And I think at this point they've won two in a row. The uh, Nuka tribe could say, well, we, we've kept winning. We, we might have too many powerhouses on our side. So we need to start, you know, changing some things and mixing it up. What were some of your favorite interactions between these big characters from last night? Who, like, little conversations or who people were linking up with that you found interesting? Um, one of the ones I thought was kind of funny was when Suri was trying to tell Debbie that, mm-hmm. um, how was she wording it? I forget now exactly how she was wording it, but she was, um... I think she was telling her she was chatting with everyone too much or something. And and Debbie just wasn't buying it. I mean, Debbie was yeah. just, <laughs> she's like, I have you, girl, you know. And uh, Debbie knew exactly what Sari was doing. Yeah. And I found it kind of funny. Debbie's that was, that was one. crazy yeah. in in a lot of ways, but she's she's smart in a lot of ways. You can't yep. take too much away from her. You've you've got to give her some credit because that girl she understands people. She reads people very well. Oh yeah, I think was that a new profession that she had on her screen there <laughs> in the Civil Air Patrol? Was that one she already mentioned or is that another you know I don't uh, know. It might have been already on the list, the long, long list, or it might have been a new one. I don't know. I didn't keep track. I need to go to Debbie's LinkedIn page. I can only imagine when she has to go make <laughs> resume copies at Kinko's, like how how much paper is she using with all the jobs she's had? Like, and she must not sleep because she's working so many professions. And I forget the term for when they print the the data on the screen. I, it has a special term, but she's, you know, broken records with that, with how many different things she's done in her in her life. And she also got rid of the tiger, tiger uh, swimwear. So that was, that was a good, um, way to approach it. Other people that kind of instantly linked up was, you know, Caleb and Tony. I thought it was neat to, I saw many people imploring the uh, meat shield strategy begun by Jeremy <laughs> Collins, where everyone wants to keep the threats around. So you're, you're basically, you know, if you're a huge threat, you may last now on future seasons of Survivor because everyone's kind of wanting these buffers when they play. So if you're like, pretty decent strategic leader in the challenges, but there's other people better than you, you might be in trouble. So with that strategy, you know, 
Sandra is a social and strategic threat, so but she's detrimental in the challenges. How long can she last? I think that's going to be one of the biggest things we're going to be examining this this as we recap each episode is I think that's the biggest thing I'm currently watching for because there's a, there's a couple winners left, or actually there's only two winners left, right? I'm trying to make sure I don't miss anything. We've got Sandra winning twice and then JT because one winner's down. Am I, I'm running through everything real quick. Yeah. So yeah. which winner do you think has the best shot of Outlast and the rest and being like the Ethan of this season in All-Stars, you know, battled through and won? Do you think Sandra has any chance of making it to the jury or the final three? What do you, what do you, what's your gut tell you or your brain tell you? I just don't know. I'm, I mean, if I was out there, I would have already sent her home. But she seems to be already, you know, pulling strings out there. And to me, that's worrisome. I mean, she might make it late in the game. She's she's playing this game now, you know, who wouldn't want to go to the end with me because nobody's going to give me a third win. Yeah. I think people are almost eating it. You know, they're almost buying it. Because I think they see bigger physical threats. And I, the biggest threat of all, and she got called out a lot by some of the other casts and, you know, the entertainment weekly, like pick who you're going for, you know, Suri and Sandra and Tony were the three big targets, you know, people that, they were watching, and Sandra was really tough, and she made it. So I'm glad she did, but I think you're starting to see she made it through two, but I think even at that tribal council, she may have even pushed her own envelope too far with the bantering with Tony. I think people were, I think people liked it, and they thought, found it funny, but she just got basically – she was allowed to talk smack, and then she she's a huge – who's the other winner left? on that tribe. So she could be down for the count. Uh, with this switch coming up, would you have any feelings on the switch? Do you think it's going to go just two tribes and nine just to make sure there's no ties or what, how do you think CBS is going to go in with 18 people? That's the most logical thing, but are you thinking anything else? I don't know. Because I have an idea if there's one to switch it up. I think Survivor likes three tribes. And if there's 18 players, um, it could either be two tribes of nine or three tribes of six. Then that will definitely yeah. force possible ties. And with the, the big announcement, this episode was right after you know, they show all the intro shots and Jeff's asking the questions, that big twist. What do you think of the now tiebreaker elimination? That if you tie once... If you can't get a resolution, you're going right to rocks. What do you feel about that? I think they're going to think twice before splitting votes and possibly, you know, going to to a tiebreaker now. Okay. Yeah. 
That, I mean, I, would, they don't, I, would I don't want to pull rocks. The person that wanted to pull rocks the most ever out of that bunch is got nine votes of first. So they like game-changing moves, but Sierra, Sierra bit the big one. And I, I, I'm personally, I'll ask your opinion. Do you think it's a big deal? I mean, maybe it was a big deal when it happened, but how do you feel about Jeff whenever he talks about Sierra Easton? He has to mention that she voted out her mom, Laura. Like, how do you feel about that? Because I'll tell you how I feel in a second. What do you, how do you feel about that as this as a constant talking point with her? Well, it is the truth, and yeah, most of us already know that, so it's rather redundant. Yeah. I and it's agree somewhat annoying. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. It's kind of like, like, yeah, duh. It's like saying, like, Sari played a bunch. Well, yeah, really? Like, Tony's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. Sierra, you know, the other Sierra, Sierra Don Thomas, yeah, she's pretty tall. Like, yeah, thank you. Like, duh. We we we're aware of that, so I'm I'm really getting tired of it. And she said she's never tired of hearing about it herself. I've I saw in some posting interviews, but you know if I was out there, Sierra is a was a big threat. But I'm pretty sure she would not be if I was ever on a season with Sierra. I think I'd try to work with her because I think she's just so willing to do you know different things. If she's in a minority or whatever, she'll make she'll make things happen. So I. If we're tired of hearing it, how can she not be tired of hearing it? Because, you know, she has to hear it a lot more than we do. (laughs) Well, in the interview I saw, she didn't really – that wasn't that big of a thing for her. She wasn't that tired of it. So I guess she's kind of proud of it. And she was just like, no one hardly remembers my mom anyway. And I'm like, well, you know, from from Samoa, I was definitely, you know – Team Foa Foa. I just – the glue – a lot of the glue people I thought just – I, they weren't as interesting, and I, I did think pre pre merge Russell played a pretty intense game, and they were kind of controlling things. And I just never really understood the war thing. I guess it was because I was Team Shambo, but who knows? But then I found out what Shambo is like in war is in life, in real life. So you know, who knows? It's it's weird when you watch the show, and then for me, I have a lot of personal experiences with the cast. So, and this cast here, they're all really positive. So it was hard to root, you know, root necessarily against anybody because all these people have been really friendly and nice. Debbie, you know, I didn't. She wasn't one of my favorites on her season, but in person, she was nice and wanted to pose with this big fan picture with all the fans. You know, so I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even you know. You know who else I'm really worried about is Ty. Ty. I, Ty. He's Ty's taking care of the chickens, and they're they're not liking the whole Ty and the chicken dynamic on this season like they did last season. Well, they saw what Sia did with giving him the money too. I'm pretty sure that they don't want him to get another bonus hundred grand if he saves whatever animals out there. So I think they're going to be. And, you know, JT was the best. He's like, I love animals, too, but we're starving. And I, was it Debbie that said the chickens are going to start looking like uh, 
Angus oh, cattle. <laughs> Angus, Angus cattle, and I'm kind of on the I'm on the no red meat train. At least not, you know, beef. I still like pork, but with the changes I've gone through recently, red meat I don't get along. So, you know, seeing a chicken is more enticing to me than seeing an Angus bull out there. I'd be like, hey, a chicken, we can eat him. Not, hey, look, we've got a new pet. He's eating the chicken, their corn? Like, we need to eat this corn. Ty was eating, half of his chicken was going in his mouth and back out to the chicken. I love corn on the cob. I wouldn't be giving the chickens any of my corn. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a delicacy we've not really seen. We saw the poor people in Africa have to eat that corn mush and corn stew and, you know, grinding up corn. But not like corn. I don't. I can't recall unless it was a reward. Just that, here's your corn on the cob. Like that's. I don't recall that. And anyone's also welcome to. Oh no! Actually, in episode nineteen point six, they ate, like okay proof that they ate fresh corn. I I've never. I don't recall that ever occurring. So I. Um. I guess yeah, going forward. They had a lot of, uh, of fresh vegetables up there, and who was it? Um, who was it, Debbie? Or somebody was up there knocking the chickens off of the the corn and the vegetables. Yep. Now, who is it? Sierra that has the legacy? Yeah, that was crazy. They're all running around in this big padded envelope falls on the ground and like people are running around. Andrea Belke like, picked up the the crate. Yep. And it was right underneath the crate and she didn't see it. Yep. And Sierra walked over and, and happened to look down and seen it and just picked it up and put it in the back of her pants and I was like, hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, that was just another thing like, you know, the the person when you're thinking why, and no offense, Sierra's one of the nicest girls. I, I love her to death. She was hugging me so hard after the Cambodia finale that she was tearing up my wounds from my surgery. Like, she's really cool, and I always will care for Sierra. But I'm like, uh, on, the, on the resume for people, I think she might have one of the weaker resumes. And for her to get this Legacy Award when we didn't even know what the Legacy Award was when they filmed this, they had no idea what that meant. That's a huge power, but we haven't really gotten to see her dynamics. If she got voted out, I have no idea who she'd give it to. Do you have any opinion? I I don't think we know enough to know what would happen there. I don't know. I really don't know We'll have to see who she teams with. I I see her siding with guys more than girls. I think she's just one of those girls that feels better in a a girl guy friendship than a girl girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just some girls that you know she works with guys, and I think she's you know she just she has a lot of guy friends, and I think she just feels better in a a girl guy kind of friendship. Um, yep. And I think she's I wanting to try to yeah. 
so I would I would bet that it would be one of the guys. Now I could be wrong if she does make some sort of friends out there, um, but I I would tend to lean toward thinking she's going to give it to a guy. It can only be used on day thirteen or day six. Thirty-six, which yeah. I thought was odd. Thirteen and six. All only, all only when there's thirteen players left and six players left, right? Which makes me think, you know what that means? They're going to merge at thirteen. Would be my guess. That's a big. That's a clue from production. Would be, would be what my guess is with that. That that's got to be. Then why else would you need to use it as a final thirteen? You know, and the final, the final six makes sense because that's about when they did it. But very. Very was it 13 players or six players? I thought it was day 13 and day six. Well, I think if it was day, it might have been day. Th- I, I think it was players remaining or days, and I thought it was day 36 and day 13. But maybe, maybe it might. I don't have notes in front of me. That could be the case. Actually, let me consult. And it should have. I, I thought it was days it. remaining with day 13 days remaining and six days remaining. Let me let, let me see. Oh, okay, you're right. With either 13 or six castaways remaining is what the deal is. I'm looking online, so that makes oh, me think okay. 13 castaways remaining would be the merge, and then six castaways remaining is just the other time you can use it. Okay. That'd be my guess. But yeah. Which tribe between the two did you like better on paper before we knew about them? Like, like as the promos are out, there's a there's a red tribe and a blue tribe. Uh, the mono tribe. tribe. Is, the mono tribe, yeah. Um, yeah, when I'm looking at the names, when I think of, you know, Aubrey was somebody I was rooting to see what they do. Sierra I liked in Cambodia. Tony was amazing. Sandra. Um, Malcolm was one of yeah, my big Caleb and Malcolm. Marks. Varner. Yeah. Troy Zan. Aubrey. I think, yeah. It's a it's a pretty good team because when you look at the Nuku tribe, they they won twice, but they're people I really care about, but some of them I was just like I don't, you know, they're they're good people and they played an interesting game, but like Sierra, I'm not sure. Sarah Zeke, I thought it was interesting when he played, but you know, I'm not like, ooh, Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. Ty, I don't think, plays very well strategically. I think he's an interesting character. Debbie, same way. So, yeah, I guess I'm definitely was Team Mana. I think Suri was definitely one of the big big names for sure. And uh, for turning their game around, I would I did, would like to mention that I think one of the most um, attentive to changing their game besides Troy Zan, who we mentioned, is Malcolm, I think, was really self-deprecating and aware of how he was perceived before and his own experience, I thought he had a pretty good reaction to coming back into this game. You know, I thought he was, he had some good insight. He was, he was really funny. I know Malcolm was always charming before and he's made big moves and that's why he's there. But it's nice to have somebody, I think he might want to be the, he's probably the best person to battle Ozzy when it comes to some of these swimming and multiple kinds of athleticism in the water, and I, it's neat to see, but I think there's going to be, if all these big 
threats can get there, these physical threats, this post-merge, imagine a challenge involving Ozzy, Caleb, uh, Malcolm, Michaela, and Troyzan in a physical challenge post-merge. Like, that's crazy. I was kind of surprised. Was it the second challenge that Haley went against? Uh, I'm trying to remember the matchup. That it was. It was like Haley versus Ozzy, and I'm like, where is Malcolm? Like, why is he not doing this part of the challenge? Or it was whatever the scenario is to make that happen. Where Haley, I she was going. Let me let me check the tribes to make sure I'm not mixing up who's on which group. Are you talking yeah, about the swimming Haley, part? Ozzy was out there. It was Haley versus Ozzy. I'm like, what is going on here? The swimming like, part? Yeah, the swimming part. Yeah. Yeah, Haley went against Ozzy in the swimming portion. And I I wasn't aware of her being a great swimmer, but when I think of just general athleticism, it's 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 got to be Malcolm. So that just... I, I didn't understand the logic there. I thought they got outplayed. The two challenges were uh, pretty cool. The the first one was rowing a raft through the water and then getting a key and all that and then putting a ship's wheel together. And the puzzle team, uh, I was surprised that Aubrey, a puzzle, puzzle person, and Sandra, you know, didn't, didn't do as well. And then the other challenge, gosh – they were showing how physically different they were from their first time. I don't think Jeff was really good at the challenges, but Jeff Varner could barely climb the cage to help lift the snake over. And Roger from our party was saying, back in Australia, he told me Jeff Varner wouldn't even carry his own canteen to the challenges. So maybe, maybe this is a historic thing for the past 17 years that Varner's been like that. But I didn't remember being that dramatically different physically, but... I found that I found that really interesting that he had, that he could barely get it over. But that that challenge looked pretty intense because they've done those you know move this big thing challenge before and they're like oh it's in water Mike well that should be easier but it looked almost harder than when they you know in Thailand they drug the chewy the chewy gal and the soup giant dummy around I mean this thing was a hundred pounds heavier. Fight back though, and and came real close to winning that. Yeah, um, uh, I was really surprised. Was, it was, yeah, Malcolm was still in the rings, and I think um, Michaela almost got a little ticked off because I think she wanted to step up and throw a few, and Malcolm was like, "No, I got it," and he was sort of taking his time. And Michaela wanted to jump in and throw a few, and he was like, no, I got it. And Malcolm missed a few. Of course, Zeke missed a few, too. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Zeke got the the final one and won, won the challenge for the Nuku tribe. And they were both on that final final one. But Michaela, I think it was the final two they were on when she stepped up and really wanted to step in. And Malcolm's like, no, I got it. And uh, when the Nuku tribe got the final one, she was like, 
you could tell by the look on her face, she was really kind of ticked. She really wanted to step in there. I mean, that's just her, her nature. She wants to compete and win. She's a closer. That's what she said. She's like, I'm a closer. And she might have helped him, but I think Malcolm was kind of in a groove. And with something like that, you do kind of get in a groove. So he had, you know, torn it up. So I, Yeah, it's hard to say which would have been the, the right decision. Malcolm was on a, on a roll. Yep. And so do you stick with somebody who's on a roll and is starting to miss? Or do you send in somebody new? Yep. What do you, you know, do? You what just do you do? don't know. It's hard to say. That's hard and to we'll gauge. never know. <laughs> yeah, we never do know. And it'd be, I was kind of looking forward to see if Nuku went to Tribal, the similar thing that was happening between Tony and Sandra, this Aussie Suri battle. Like, I don't know what I would do in that situation because they both have their own threats. I think Suri to me is that social side is a lot more threatening to me than, than Ozzy's social game, which Ozzy's a good dude. I've had different relationships with Ozzy over the years, but I think he's just a good, chill guy, is my opinion of him now. But socially, well, socially he's pretty decent. Strategically, I just don't think that's his that's his aspect of the game. Like, Sri can still do a puzzle in a challenge or, like, a memory thing. And then socially and strategically, she's just a beast. So I think I love Sri. But I think I'd go for, for her because I think having that meat shield of Ozzy in front of me and then from, from some videos I've seen online, he's definitely a meat shield. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely go Suri first, even though I think she's a more interesting character to watch. I hope both of them stay in some of these other people that are kind of questionable casting, that they, they make it through. So... With the current it's groups. gonna be interesting to see Brad and what his demeanor is on the season compared to last you know, the last time he was on because I have to tell you, I didn't care for for him at all on his last season. I love nope. her. I love Monica to no end. But I didn't care for him. Yeah. And I hope that I'm really hoping he can change my opinion of him this season. You know, because I adore Monica. We're, I'm curious to see what yeah to see what happens with that. I I I think when they're deprived of the elements, when it gets hot and it it stays hot, they're not with their family. I think Brad's going to make a good effort, but I think there's going to be some situation coming down the road where I just see him getting in a big fight. Like, there's some people that can talk a pretty good game, like Sandra, um, Michaela can definitely talk smack, Troy Zan in the right scenario. Maybe they'll all break down. And they're like, Varner, Varner's him the enough. instigator. So. Yeah, you, you poke the bear enough. He, I think he... The, original Brad to come back out and well here's some <laughs> FU Brad Culpeppers if we're not careful yep we're going forward with this swap pending I guess which three tribe members would you not care if they got voted out and who do you most not want to see voted out 
Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to start with who I would like to see go. Okay. Um, love her, but I think Sandra, you know, because she has won already twice. Yep. I would have to say her. Um, simply because, you know, she has won twice. I want to see newer people. I want, I want others to have a chance. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to say probably Siri and I feel like I'm picking all girls, and I don't want to do that because I want my girls to win. Yeah. Um, uh, I like the guys, though. Um, Tough questions on Michael the Mike. Right, we, we make it interesting for sure. Okay, I'll I'll pick Brad Culpepper as my third. My, I'll do my three too, and then I'll give you time to think of who you want to succeed. How's that? I'll go. I'll agree okay. with you on Brad. Okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna say Haley, just because she's a big question mark for me. Um, I think when and she also when she talks is just really weird to me. I don't. I'm not trying to be mean by anything. I think she just has a weird way she speaks. And it just kind of annoys me. So I'd say those two. And then probably because I'm a little surprised she's there. I guess I'll say Debbie is the other one in the mix. Just kind of like I wouldn't be that upset if she went. I, she's, she's extremely entertaining, but I think there's more people that I'm gravitating towards at this time just to see how they do. So those are my three. That I would be least worried about, and the people I would be most disappointed to see go at this point, I'll, I'll say mine first. Um, most disappointed for me on the other side is I'm, I want to watch this social experiment. I want to see how far Sandra can go. So if Sandra went, I think that'd be pretty pretty intense because I think she's driving the storyline right now. My second one, probably. Probably Siri, because I think she's the one that would probably be the most deserving of, of all the players, besides maybe Rob Cicerino, of playing really well and then, you know, not having a win under her name, being a Hall of Famer. And then I guess probably Ozzy, just because he's gotten so close before as well, and he didn't pull the trigger, and he went against Yule, who was just a whole different kind of guy and player. And he's been right on the edge, and he's been a threat, and done stuff like intentionally getting voted out of Savai just to go to Redemption Island. Like, that took some big balls to do that. So 
I think Ozzy's going to be interesting and entertaining. I think he's going to make some bad social moves. And for me, that's always fun to watch. So I guess those are the three I'm, those are the three I'm watching for. And if you saw my collage on Facebook, I had no spoilers. But in the top left was Sierra, and then right below her was Tony. So I don't know if that had anything to do with anything, but below that is Haley. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Can I have six that I want to win? <laughs> I guess. Sure. Who are your six you want to win? Oh, let's see. Um, Ozzy, Malcolm, Caleb, Aubrey, Michaela. That's four, I think. Been a long week at work. I don't know what you just. I don't know how many people you just said. Was that four or five people you mentioned, or? Let's see. One, two, three. That's four, five. One more for your bonus three. Um. Yeah, one more, huh? Uh, yep. One more. All right, well, I don't know. Um, I'll throw on Andrea Belker, Belky. Just okay, yeah, she's a. She's a near and dear to me. I, I think she's awesome. I love her dad. He's a he's a hoot. So yeah, okay, Andrea, good choice. So there's my six <laughs> We'll see who prevails among the your three your six and my three. Um, and I guess to let's see some people we didn't cover. Is there anyone we didn't talk about directly? Aubrey, you mentioned briefly, I think it was neat how she was put in the threat category when Tony and Sandra were talking. So yeah. that was that was really cool. Um, Sarah, the, the original one to call out Tony's BS, uh, not really much of an interaction. So do you think, I think she's got a decent shot. She shouldn't be – I think with all these threats, she should be relatively safe. Um I, it was neat to see Geek, or Zeke, sorry, Freudian slip, Zeke geeking out, being out there. Definitely between him and Michaela, I thought he was the one that was, you know, probably a bigger fan. So that was, I was glad he was really into that. Um, oh, JT, I thought for the winners, JT had, was pretty much handling it well, was straightforward. He's not in my photo collage, so I, I don't want to not mention JT. But, you know, I he like has one JT. of the Survivor games, so what can he do? I like JT. He's real down to earth, you know. Yeah, he clicked up with Kayla pretty quickly because they're both of a southern southern kind of vibe, so. Right, right. Yeah, so those those two, I think if, if it – ever gets to where those two, you know, it's a shame they're on different tribes. Um, If those two ever get to the point where they can be 
you know, on the same tribe or, or as individuals, I think they'll be close. Um, because they, you know, they are kind of, you know, both have southern roots and uh, mm-hmm. I do see them, you know, probably becoming friends. I hope that we get to see more of uh, Ty and Caleb in action. I've, I'm looking at the collage, and I have a picture of Caleb and Ty from December in a picture together. That weird kiss. Maybe we'll see some kiss. There was some Cambodia kisses, and maybe there'll be some Fiji fun between those two guys. It almost went in a whole other place. But, yeah, and it's for a season like Korong, I think it's interesting. It's just so recent to get four game changers. And Caleb took that bad fall on that rock, and I thought, oh, my God, is he going to get medevac out again? <laughs> I almost tweeted that, like, a second medevac, like, that early. Did you really? <laughs> I almost tweeted that. I didn't. I, I was in a party, and I was used to taking notes. So I'm like, oh, sweet, I get to tweet. And then I was just, there was so much going on at the party. We had so much great food, so much camaraderie, you know, talking about different things. I got to, there was a big topic for me because the two things that happened since the show was I got engaged and I was, I'm running for political office and for our city. So people were wanting to talk about both. And we set a date for the, the wedding is uh, September 1st, 2018. So 9-1-18. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. We uh we were I was gonna do it in Nicaragua at San Juan del Sur. Little trouble getting into Nicaragua. If you ever travel overseas, at least in Central America, you can't take a rental car between international borders and a former cast member had mentioned that to me and I forgot. So we got to be in Nicaragua for probably about ten or fifteen minutes and we went back and we stayed at this cool place called the Pipe House, which were these huge pipes, like, for drainage, and had a bed and an air conditioner in it and a little shelf. And uh, the owner and proprietor of that was the guy named Felipe. So when we parked the car, I got out and said, yo, bro, tomorrow I wanna, I'm going to ask my girlfriend if she wants my hand in marriage, and if you help, can you help me videotape? And he was so excited to help. So we acted like we were just going to go take a picture at the beach, which was about 100 feet away. And he came down, and I'm like, then I went right into what you saw on Facebook. So that's that's what happened. That's so, so. awesome. That's she so She said yes, cool. and I, I'm really excited, and we're just trying to figure out how to coexist and the, the, the social dynamics of going from being a bachelor to being in a relationship to now – in what 16 months less than 16 months getting married so that's just, that's a lot of big steps in your life mike that's that's huge <laughs> and i thought well i'm not that busy why don't i run for city council too so uh the busier, oh the busier i am the more productive <laughs> i am so and one of the other council members suggested why don't you have a fundraiser featuring survivors so maybe for the premiere of season 35 or maybe during season 35 we'll i'll try to do that and and have a you know big meet and greet where we watch the show and there'll be some survivors there and people can meet some of their favorite people from tv and it'll all 
go to the not done yet campaign to uh, elect Michael Albright. So there you go. But with that decision, I pretty much put my survivor dreams on hold. But CBS and SCG, they know how to get a hold of me if they want to talk to me. So. Oh, Mike, you have to go on Survivor. If they call you, you have to go. I'm sorry. If if you're a city council or whatever you are, you have to go. If um, if the city will still be SCG there when you get back. If you call me tomorrow and said you have to withdraw as a candidate, we're bringing you out to California, I would say, yes, you've got it. But uh, barring that, just to go out and interview, I, I think until I definitively knew... I wouldn't pull the trigger until I was about to leave for the game, and then I'd have to, then I'd have to legally. But um, it's I have many dreams in my life, and some have come true. And uh, that a big dream would be to get to to walk out on the beach wearing a buff and playing this game. So if they want me, they know how to they know what to do. They're they're smart, intelligent people at Survivor Casting. You belong on that game. You belong out there. It's in your blood. Well, I don't know anyone that's more social than I am. I can talk to anybody. You've not. We haven't had the chance to meet in person, Sherry, but I can walk into a room of people I've never met and I start making friends immediately. Strategically, I don't think anyone can plan ahead or deal with crap as it hits a fan better than I can. Physically, that was the biggest thing I was worried about. Now I'm walking seven miles a day and working out three times a week. I'm running now. I'm going to start swimming. I think I'm there. And meet, not meeting 95 survivors is, is one thing, but it's 95% of the survivors. But you take a random group of 20 Americans, and I'm going to be able to get along with all of them. And that other one that's not, it would be me. So... I know how to relate to people. I know how to, you know, make connections with people and have empathy, listen while they're talking, reflective listening, and find out stuff about them and make them care about me, and they would not want to get rid of me. So. I know. I, you, <laughs> you're made for this game. You have got to, they've got to pick you to play Survivor. It's got to happen. I, I think if I got in the interview setting, Sherry, I would be it'd be very competitive at just getting out there. Just getting in front of the producers and the fee people, not just seeing a three minute video. I can make a one hell of a video. I'm a natural on the camera. I'm usually a one take wonder. And uh just get me in a room with you and then you'll see the energy and enthusiasm I have. You can hear it over the phone and we've never even interacted in person. It's it's amplified in person, I've been told. No. <laughs> Can I start a Facebook page? Please put Mike Albright on Survivor. There or is have... a uh, there is a big Mike <laughs> fan club that already exists. But if if you would like to, um, you're more than welcome to, and we'll see what kind of traction it gets. Awesome. All right. We'll have we'll have all all your friends and Survivor alum. Join it and uh, say why you should be on Survivor, and they'll have I think to notice SC- it. Yeah, I think SCG doesn't really like that, but 
if people want to do it, then more power to them. If they want to say why they like it, it's fine. I just won't put my video online for sure, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't want to but do I'm it ex- if it's if they don't like it. I don't want to do anything they're not going to, uh, you know, approve of. I, I I know it's not the I know it's not their favorite thing. They don't like to be told anything. They like to come up with ideas on their own. So once they get it in their in their own brains and minds, it it's the right thing. It should be like shooting a fish in a barrel. I'm just not in their barrel yet. I'm a I'm just a fish sitting somewhere else. Well, we'll talk more about it. Okay, for sure. I am. Um, I wanted to ask you too. I know you're going to um, Julian's event, Reality Rally, this year, right? Well, I had I had fully planned on it, and I was anticipating a almost forty percent pay raise and a title change. But late, late around Thanksgiving, some things changed, and uh, with the wedding. And with running for political office, I had to tell Julian my money was due, like, I think three weeks ago to be a sponsor, and I just couldn't make it work. I could have made it work if I could have done like I usually do for finales and buy my plane ticket, like, right before and then do the sponsorship. But it, it's not going to work this year. I was really excited to make it out there. Uh, with the wedding next year, it's probably still going to be tricky to make it out there as well, but it's something I, I, I've promised Jillian for so long that I'd make it there, and I, I want to support her event, and it would be financially a lot easier if certain things didn't happen um, with with my work, but I, I'm by no means upset that I'm getting to be a part of a great wedding. That's not part of it, and doing the city council thing. There just is not enough capital to do all the things I'm trying to do at the same time. So... If it was in New York City or this side of the country, I'd drive there and just go still volunteer. It just It's just not going to work out this year, and we'll see about next year. Well, the reason I asked is we have a Reality Rally 2017 audio clip that we've been playing on most of our shows to promote her event, and I was wondering if you'd like me to play it on your show as well. I'd um, love to. It's just because I can't be there, it doesn't mean I don't want as many people there as possible raising all kinds of money for Michelle's place. So, please go for it. All right. Um, we can go ahead and play it now and then talk a little bit more before we close up the show. And uh, and close her up in just a few minutes. So, I'll go ahead and play that now if you'd like. Sounds good. I can't wait to hear it. All right. All right, this is Reality Rally 2017. Cancer don't discriminate, or care if you're just 38. This is Joyum from Survivor, and as you know, from Reality Rally. And we do the most amazing event every April in Temecula, California, raising money. We call it Funds for Funds, and the money goes to Michelle's Place which is a breast cancer resource center that has provided over 100,000 services free to people fighting cancer. They let no one face cancer alone. Our amazing event is coming up for the seventh year. The dates are April 6th, 7th, and 8th. 
check out all the events on realityrally.com. We are the biggest reality TV celebrity gathering in the country. It's 110 reality stars right now and from 42 different shows. And we have epic events for everyone. You'll find a lifting showdown, a red carpet reception at Wilson Creek and a casino night, celebrity chef showcase, celebrity autograph sessions, and of course, the Reality Rally Race, which is the amazing race type of game on Saturday the 8th. That's what my love is for. In your week, I'll be strong. You let go. So, come on down. It's an amazingly fun weekend. April 6th, 7th, and 8th. So check it out. RealityRally.com. And I always have to thank the Red Reality Show, who has been on board helping us promote this event since 2010. Without them, there would be people that would know nothing about it. So Manic Monday, thank you for what you do, and also the other Red Reality Shows that we've had the opportunity to be on. So thank you, Red Reality Show. We love you guys. It's realityrally.com, and this is Gillian from Survivor and Reality Rally, thanking everybody for what you do to make this such a reality every year as we help save some lives. I'm gonna love you through Isn't that a beautiful clip? It's awesome, and I feel bad I can't make it, and I, I hope they do great, and it's an amazing thing. I've never even been to San Diego or Temecula, California, but I hope it it makes a truckload of money, and it helps women get tested, and it stops, you know, breast cancer took my, my, my maternal grandmother, and many, many people I care about, like Jen Lyon, and, uh, you know, cancer is terrible. If I could eradicate one thing in the world, it'd be one of the things I'd definitely take out, and I I hope they can make a lot of money. Yeah, she runs just an absolutely incredible event out there. It's one of the most well-organized events ever, and she just does a beautiful job. And she, she thought of this creation while she was sitting in Ponderosa after she got booted off of Survivor. At the restaurant in, in Gabon, yeah, for sure. Yes, and to think that, you know, this this thought came to her mind sitting in Ponderosa after she got booted off of Survivor, and she went home and made this come to life. She has over 500 people who are helping her now who are you know working as as charity you know helpers just you know helping with everything to do with this this charity and it all comes together like clockwork and it's just amazing what she has done there's been other other cities who have contacted her wanting to do the same type of event in their cities, you know, and she says, well, it has to be done, you know, just like this, and there's so much involved. By the time she explains to them how much is involved, 
they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know if we could do all that. And the whole town of Temecula gets involved. And she has oh, all, yeah, these, for sure. all these people helping her, you know, that give their time. And it, it's just amazing what she's created. I'm just in awe of her. She is just absolutely amazing. She's great so. people, and I, I feel terrible, but there will be one day I make it down there and get to get to help out. So, Well, I feel the same way. I haven't been either, and I feel the same way you do. I support her in every way I can, I, although I have not actually been there. But I mm-hmm. hear all the stories, and, you know, I hear from people every year about how much fun they've you know, they had being there and how much going to Michelle's place touched their heart and how organized it is and how just what a great time they had there. And that's why I feel like I know so much about it because I almost feel like I've been there from all the stories that I've heard year after year after year. And Mm -hmm. she just does such an incredible job. And that's why she has so many people willing to, you know, do the charity work because it is such an amazing charity and there's so much pe- so many people getting help out of that charity. You know, they don't just help the cancer patient. They help the family as well um, because oftentimes, you know, the patient is getting cared for but the family is wondering, you know, what can we do? How can we help? What are the resources for us that, you know, we can go to to find out more about how we can help the patient? And so they help them as well, you know, in whatever their needs are. And it's just an amazing charity. They, they help everybody in the family. Mhm. So, and they don't help just people, you know, of Temecula or just people there. They'll help anybody that walks through the door. They don't have to be from right there in that area. It's, you know, people from anywhere in the country could walk through their door and they would help them. Yeah. So, to me, that's that's just an incredible charity that Jillian chose as the recipient of her. Um, her event and I can understand why and each year she takes all the people from her event they all go to Michelle's place and actually see who benefits from her charity event and everybody needs a box of Kleenex because they say it's you know it's really heart touching you know to see Michelle's place um, and they get up and speak and show a, a video and that kind of thing, and it's very, very heart-touching. Um, but it really does help to see where the money goes, and so that's been really successful, too. So back to Survivor, um, and I hope that your charity, when you when you start doing yours for your... Uh, 
Well, it's a fundraiser just for my campaign, but um, I but your campaign to will be just as successful. It's got to be just as successful, and you'll have just as many people working for you someday. Um, and you'll have a great charity up there as well. Well, I I sure hope so, and I'll start plugging that once we get our campaign platform out on my wall. But uh, anyone that wants to donate, I will definitely tell you how you can do that because um, it's not going to be like a – it's going to be a pretty intense campaign. And, you know, the biggest thing is i got to get my name out on signs and leaflets, and that just that just takes money. So – Working hard is not a problem for me, and walking around and talking to people and seeing how we can fix, you know, makes you know get solutions out of the problems they face. So I I can't wait for that and to positively add fact change. Well, good for you for wanting to be that person that that creates change in your community. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I commend you for being that person who's willing to go out there and, and get things done. Um, I think that's awesome. And I have every faith in the world that you would, you know, you'll get it done. So if I could vote for you, I would. Move to Wilmington into Ward 2 and you can. Just kidding. I appreciate it. <laughs> We're about ready to wrap up tonight. I want to remind everybody to join us here at the Red Reality Show Network on Monday for the Manic Monday show. I'm not sure who exactly Michelle has on for this Monday, but I know she has a couple of great guests coming up for Monday. Um, So check on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll be tweeting and announcing her guest soon. Um, but her show is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on the Rad Reality Show Network. And we'll be back here for Mike and the Mike next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. To do it all again with Mike Albright on Mike and the Mike. Can't wait. We should have a good show. We're going to have uh, at least one person from South Pacific, if everything goes right, uh, Anthony Papa Bear Caruso. And I'm looking to get some other people that can talk Aussie, who've played with Aussie, either somebody from Cook Islands, Micronesia, or more people from South Pacific. So stay tuned. Awesome. Can't wait to talk to Papa Bear. All right. Well, we've gotten the premiere episode out of the way. Can't wait to see what happens on Survivor Game Changers. So we're going to say goodnight tonight and can't wait to see what happens next week. Do you have anything else, Mike? That's all I've got. Everyone have a a great, great evening and weekend. And March Madness is approaching, so fill out those brackets. And I hope you outwit, outplay, and outlast all your friends. (laughs) And enjoy this crazy weather we're having. It was 74 degrees here today, and this weekend we're supposed to get three inches of snow on Saturday. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's 60 degrees here, and I'm about to go walk, and I don't even know how much snow we're going to get. So, yeah. (laughs) 
And daylight savings time is this weekend. Don't forget to roll your clocks back. Yay. That's the biggest marketing coup ever. Spring forward. It's going to be great. Like you're losing an hour of your weekend. Plan ahead, everybody. You're losing an hour. Watch out. I know. I like to All fall right. back well, and spring forward. I like to spring forward. I don't I don't like losing the hour. I like the daylight time. I hate it when we lose the hour. I want all the light I can get. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to wrap this one up tonight. Thank you all for being here with us tonight. And make sure you're back here with us next Thursday, again, at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. We are one hour earlier than we used to be. So I know it might be a little hard to get used to the new time, but write it down, put it in your phone, put it on your calendar. It won't be hard. It's just an hour different than it used to be. So we'll see you next week. Here's Ron to take us out for the night. Good night, all. Have a great weekend. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. bless you and thank you for listening to the show and it was a great one it's always a great show with Mike Albright Mike on the mic say good night Mike good night everybody and that's a wrap again have a great weekend everybody be kind out there good night all